Welcome to the FedHeads, a weekly podcast from Grant Thornton Public Sector. Join the FedHeads each week as Robert Shea and a celebrity guest host talk about the arcana of government management and the people who are working hard every day to improve it. This is the 197th episode of FedHeads, and while I'm sad not to be recording today with my good long-lost friend Francis Rose, it's win-win because I get to do it with my dear friend, the doyen of TBM here at Grant Thornton, Kelly Morrison. Kelly, thanks for doing this. I'm always excited to spend time with you and happy to be here. Francis did reach out to me to make sure to remind you that he is not your lost friend. You two are still friends. Oh, good. It's so true. It's so true. We're all (laughs) friends. I love Francis. I wish him many happy returns and hopefully the bitterness will subside over time. But it's true. Uh, I've won the lottery by having you guest host in his place. Thank you very much. Glad to be here. So this is an episode where we generally banter about things that are going on. Is there a particular topic of interest to you? I want to know about your vacation last week. Happy 30th anniversary to you and your wife. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Kelly's mentioning the trip I took to Turks and Caicos with the lovely and talented Eva Kahalan Shea. And we had a wonderful time. Nothing to complain about. I tell you, it did test my patience getting in and out of the country. Um, you got to get uh, uh, late PCR tests that you're suspended, suspenseful about whether or not you're going to get them back in time before you can leave and the same coming back. But other than that, it was lovely. Thank you for asking. And was yeah. it difficult for you as well being on the beach and having the, the lovely, glorious weather that you had while we were experiencing some spring snow? No. The schadenfreude <laughs> made it especially good. Actually, because I knew what y'all were suffering while I was having a few throwdowns beachside. Well, I'm glad you had a good time, and congratulations on 30 years. Thank you. You're so nice. But we have to talk about something relevant to our FedHead community. Totally agree. One, one of the things that came out the last couple of weeks that I geek out about is the GAO strategic plan. The Government Performance and Results Act requires agencies to publish periodic strategic plans, long-term goals. The law requires the government to do the same, a government-wide plan, but they don't do that. Our friends at OMB decided to ignore that requirement. But GAO does, and though it's not really a government-wide strategic plan, it does project its own goals, but also some trends affecting government, society. It's a forecast of things they're going to work on. I really do think it's a great tool that agencies, anybody's paying attention to government can use to see what's going to be impacting government operations over the over the next several years. Well, since I stalk you on LinkedIn, I do know that you're quite excited about this. And when you posted it, while well, you say you like to geek out, I do as well. So I read the documents and would love to talk about them. Awesome. My <laughs> God, this is going to work out great. So anything, anything jump out at you in the plan or the trends? So as we're hopefully coming out of pandemic, I would really like to talk about changes to how and where we work. There are a lot of trends on here that I'm interested in, but I think that there are silver linings in every challenging endeavor that we go through, and the pandemic certainly has been that. And perhaps had it not been for the pandemic, we all would not be where we are, being able to do so much remote work and really changing the how and where we work. 
it accelerated so much. And even as I look at schools across the country and various industries, the way in which we worked and where we work has been disrupted. And I think that that's a positive change. And as we move forward, we are going to continue to figure out how to best embrace those changes. I Um, will know we're doing this in person. Today we are. We've seen each other maybe five times over the last two years in person, plenty more meetings remotely, and it's great to be together again. Um, I like being together. Yeah. So, but how you strike that balance, sort of sustain some of the productivity gains of remoteness while making sure that we are still physically connected is going to be a challenge, especially for government, which has a really hard time adapting (laughs) to different situations. They adapted pretty quickly because they had to to a remote environment. Managing hybrid is going to be an ongoing challenge. You're absolutely right. And I think one of the biggest challenges with hybrid is inclusivity and accessibility. So how it's great that that we are in person. And recently I was hosting a happy hour and really wanted to do it in person, but realized that the group that I am bringing together, some of them are not local. And they've been able to participate because things have been virtual for so long. And so as we move forward with hybrid, how do we take advantage of being able to get back together where it makes sense, but also being able to to make things just as accessible to those that are choosing not to be in person or geographically, schedule-wise, whatever, are unable to be? Yeah. One of the trends that jumped out at me, GAO called out, was fiscal sustainability and debt. GAO has long sort of called this out as a as a major challenge to the government. The amount we've spent on the pandemic, the recent omnibus have driven up the deficit and debt. We also are seeing interest rates creep up. And one of the major components of our annual budget is the amount we spend to finance our enormous debt. And that's going to go up. It's going to have zero benefits for the American public. I'll be interested to see when we get some fiscal austerity return to government. If Republicans get at least majority of one house in the Congress, I do think it's going to tamp down spending to some extent, but I'll be interested to see just how that pans out and when we'll see some spending restraint, debt reduction, return to government. Yeah, I absolutely agree with you. It'll be very interesting to see. And one of the things that I noticed in the president's budget fact sheet that was posted last week is reduction in in debt that took place this past year. Yeah, I'm not sure it's (laughs) legitimate for the Biden administration to take credit for reduction in spending from pandemic levels. But I guess the numbers are the numbers. The roulette wheel fell on when he was submitting his most recent budget, so he gets to claim credit for that. Good message. <laughs> so what So what other uh, trends um, on the list uh, jumped out at you as worth mentioning? Security implications for an increasingly digital world. Of course. Of course you'd pick that one. Well, you know... Hopefully, it is an increasingly digital world if we're all doing our jobs right um, and supporting the agencies that have great opportunities to uh, embrace digitalization and modernization. And security absolutely is, is a priority. Find that balance with hybrid work. We also need to find the balance with security, being able to, to open things up, um, not clamp down too hard, 
but ensure that we are protecting our most valuable assets. So another challenge that J.O. mentioned is racial and ethnic disparities. And it sort of has parallels between those two. There's, there's a balance between ensuring the right benefits go to the right people without putting too many barriers in place of traditionally underserved communities. And security controls are the same. If you put too many controls ahead of access to services and benefits provided by the government, it's going to make it harder to get those to the right people at the right, at any, in any timely way. I love that parallel. The Biden administration has made a major priority of addressing racial uh, disparities, strengthening diversity, equity, inclusion, and accessibility. They've taken a really ambitious approach, not just looking at internal diversity, but making sure programs, the way they're designed and implemented, reach traditionally underserved communities. But there's a backlash across the country that I think is going to impact a lot of those uh, activities. And I think the conversation we're having nationally is often pretty vitriolic when you talk about this. And so we've got our public administration blinders on sometimes, not really paying attention to some of the trends like reaction to being over-attentive to racial and ethnic disparities. So I'm watching really closely the customer experience initiatives specifically designed to improve customer experience Americans have when they're trying to access government benefits and services. Absolutely. And it's wonderful to see that focus. For many years, there's been discussion about customers first without really understanding the customer experience and how the customer is interacting, engaging, what the needs are, what's working, what's not working. So I'm thrilled to see more of a focus on customer and user experience. So um, channeling my inner Francis, he would generally ask me, so what are you paying attention to? Anything anything that's particularly on your mind in government these days? Hmm. Geez, tough to narrow it down. Um, I'm excited to see some of the modernization efforts taking place. We're going to have an opportunity to talk soon with Dan York about the federal IT dashboard. That's something that I am excited about and also interested. We're going to get along great. If you're excited about talking about the IT dashboard, it's a marriage made in heaven. (laughs) How about you? Um, What are some other things you're paying attention to? Well, you know, the uh, to, to see if the FY23 budget gets enacted, so that's something I'll be paying attention to all year. I noted when the president released his budget, the analytical perspectives, another feature often mentioned in this program, some of the chapters are being released piecemeal. While you've got the performance and IT sections available, or, or the evidence chapter and the IT sections available, others like the performance chapter not yet released. So I'll be interested to see when those come out and what those say. Yes. And while the IT and cyber analytical perspectives chapter has been released, it's only released for civilian agencies. So DOD is not included in that count yet. That's not a big portion of IT spending in the government, is it? Well, I guess it depends on how you define that. (laughs) That'll be for another show. (laughs) Thanks for being with us, Kelly. Um, I'm looking forward to having some fun with you over the next several episodes. Love this partnership. Thanks for listening to The Fed Heads, brought to you by Grant Thornton Public Sector. We'd love to hear from you. Connect with us on Twitter at GT Public Sector to join the conversation. And don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss out on new episodes. <laughs>